Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast where we talk about every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush, and obviously, I'm joined by Chris Lewis today. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm well, you know... <sighs> I feel yeah. like I'm struggling yet again. Yeah, you guys, we're in the trenches. And I don't know what we're doing in the trenches, but I feel no, like I'm in it. I feel like I'm in it. I feel like Mercury in retrograde hasn't, like, got her grasp. Like, let, like she hasn't let go of me yet. No, it's, I know Still it's got technically a good over, but I feel like at any given point, all my devices are going to break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that I'm being recorded currently. Oh, I think we are. I see the live, okay. the live going. You know. Yeah, don't worry. No, I, don't worry. I don't know if I'm coming or going, but... Yeah. It's tough. And I've just been going a lot. I gotta sit still. You know, guys, you don't know <laughs> Chris is an animal. Like, he just, the way he just gets after life is like I've never seen. And yet I you do have nothing. two speeds. Right. I was gonna say, you have two speeds. Like, you are raging... Or completely or off, unreachable, unreachable, dead, not present, under a blanket, under my weighted <laughs> blanket with like headphones on, tongue out, watching Gilmore Girls. Like I'm not all here. <laughs> but then, like, you'll say like, "Oh, I'm just gonna stay in bed today," and then like you'll text me at like eight thirty, and you're like, "Headed out." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> oh yeah, there's a disco party. I gotta get my body to the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I'm like, I am just going. your legs to the people. I'm just going to New York to see Funny Girl. Then I'm going to get right back to my hotel room and rest. The next thing you know, I'm out till 2 a.m. End up screaming, crying at a guy who was very um, anti-choice. Ew. Yeah. Were you in, like, just a, like, were you at a, like, a I was at a gay disco. I was at a gay karaoke bar. (laughs) And there was a man there who was anti-choice. A or a fucking weirdo. White homosexual. This is why we have to abolish white gays. Mm. Apologies to all the white gays who listen to this, but get gone. Chris, yeah. we have to talk about something that happened to you. Oh, Big Lord. news. What happened? What do you mean? What happened? Chris. What? Dr. Nia Wallace. <gasps> Guys, she's with us. She's with us. So icon legend queen actually i gotta write myself a note to reach out to her publicist (laughs) okay karen Pittman, who portrays Mm. dr nia wallace on and just like that you know i've been following her down to the minute you love her like we love her on this podcast but like you really have like a deep the minute she like popped up on the screen and just the trailer i was like this is i'm connected yeah you were very deeply connected to this woman and so I've been following her, and she loves to do um, what's it called on Instagram? And ask me anything. Those yeah, she likes to do ask me anything. Yeah, you know the thing I did on the train and could barely figure out. I was so proud of you that day, but continue. couldn't find the questions for quite some time. Continue. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm just gonna shoot my shot. And I wrote simply, "Will you be on this? Will you be on my podcast?" Now, look, I didn't give any. I didn't say it was a Sex and the City podcast. I literally just typed, "Will you be on my?" podcast it didn't even like have what a we name about, it was nothing a name how okay. she could reach out how shooting your shot how i could reach out and in retrospect when she posted it back and said i would love to but i can't right now because i'm working and i don't like to work i don't like to promote things when working because it becomes about ego 
But when I'm in press mode, absolutely. Um, fuck yeah. Please reach out to my publicist. Absolutely. And then she corrected. She said, like, you can get their information on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I and, and by the way, that was a thrill enough. I right. was like, great. She's open. You know, I'm not afraid to slide into DMs. That's how we almost got Candace Bushnell on this podcast. Um, seems she can't really work the internet, and that never happened. And then she got COVID. Right. But we'll circle back there also. Absolutely. But then, guys, I got a little, like, ding, and my eyes bugged out of my head. <laughs> and it was a follow request from Karen Pittman. She's with us. <sighs> You I, sent me the screenshot, and I at first I didn't really know what I was looking at because I was like, that, could, who, "Who could you?" What? I was like, "Is that Karen Pittman?" The Karen Pittman, the, and then it said like confirm or delete, and I was like, first of all, I asked myself, "Are you on private on Instagram?" Yeah. Wow. It, shouldn't I not? That's should really I not special. be special? That's really special, Chris. No, look, I accept everyone, so it's not really that private, right? You're. <laughs> You're letting anyone in. Okay. No, there have been no the shorties, she... but there have been a few people from my personal life. I've been like, yeah, I don't need you darkening my doorstep. And... But do you, but the fact that she like went to your Instagram and even though you aren't public, she clicked. She, right. she, clicked. she wanted to she clicked. know more. She could see she nothing and said, I want to know more. And of course I accepted. And then I instantly posted it. And this morning, I woke up to her laughing and saying LOL to my story. Did your heart just swell? I, again, I went through the exact same reaction, which is I was afraid and thought I was in trouble. Yeah, of course. Then my heart soared. Yeah. Wow. And so, guys, we are hoping it's she really will amazing. join us for and just like that season then, two promo. And, and then imagine her little face popped up on this screen. That be first of all, I, that beautiful face. I, I'm gonna need to smear a lot of Vaseline over my camera. <laughs> I will no for real. I'm gonna have to show up. A, like I'll be seated and appointed. I'll, oh, facials yeah. will be happening. Energy. You'll be renting a Reiki. Like, I will have my like, dinner jacket on. Like I'm gonna come mm. correct. Kind of like when Danny came on the podcast, and I was like, you were sitting no up dunk. straight. But then, like, if you think about it, so then we get her. Then we're like in with the girlies, and then we right. could get we like could get Sarita, Charlotte York. Oh, uh, I went right to Seema. <laughs> But that's what I mean. Seema, Charlotte York. If we, we could, could get, get Miranda Rambo Hobbs. We could get Nicole Ari Parker I, yeah. on this podcast. I don't think I could handle it. My I think I would. <laughs> Literally, my well, you would just I watch us combust. For work with Padma Lakshmi, and for five and for about ten minutes, we were in a little green room, just the two of us. And when I tell you I didn't want that for Padma, I was like, this is so embarrassing for her to have to look at me. And then, I, of course, I did have to ask her to say, pack your knives and go, Chris. And she said it willingly and powerfully. Oh, you were ready. You were ready to go down to the kitchen. Pack oh, I was knives. like, well, last chance Ugh. kitchen it is for me. Yeah. God, and I mean, imagine if we got Sarah Jessica. No, she's someone who I don't think for one second could figure out Zoom. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I had a really horrible dream last night, actually, about her. Oh, that she passed? No, that Matthew Broderick passed. Oh. It was really random. You know who I've been thinking about passing? Oh. Joy Behar. Josephine Victoria. Stop. No, Chris, you can't take yourself there. That's your, that's like. When it happens, I'm going to be inconsolable. No, like you'll have to take time to off. To my bed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then to the discotheque. Oh, God. I she would want that. you there. 
I'm not going dancing though again for a bit. Okay. Oh wait, I'm going to a wedding. This yeah, like shut up. Like, oh god. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to discuss before we get into this episode? Oh, the and just like that set photos. Do you want to talk about it? They're starting, guys. We've got them. We're seeing SJP Ms. holding Bradshaw, that pigeon purse. Do you know how much that pigeon? pigeon purse? Do you know how much that purse is? I'm gonna say seven thousand nine fifty for price God, of rent. I rules. fucking hate it here. It's eight hundred and ninety five dollars. Oh. I was genuinely like... No, I did this with Danny, too. I said to my boyfriend, I go, how much do you think this purse is? He goes, $11,000. And I was like, okay, well, when I tell you it's only $900, you are going to be like, no one cares. You could never. Are you okay? People would be like, why is that pigeon carrying a pigeon? This doesn't make any sense. Are you calling me a pigeon? Yeah. They do mate for life. They're really... They're like dirty no. little rats. I hate pigeons. They're so yeah, they're scary. so disgusting. I was gonna like try to make it cute. I love that you said you hate pigeons, but you just called me a pigeon. Well, well that's the joke, sweets. I don't like that joke. Um, and I'm of course sensitive. we're seeing SJP just today in a fuchsia dress with fuchsia with the fuchsia heels. And we're seeing Charlotte in you know classic what I assume to be some kind of Chanel looking great. Haven't mm-hmm. seen Rambo yet. I think she might have COVID. We haven't seen Rambo. We Who's haven't seen Che. We haven't seen anybody. But guys, the set photos are coming. I can't fucking wait. I saw Christopher Jackson, who plays Herbert Wexley, getting his getting a tux on. And I wrote on the end, just like that costume <laughs> Instagram, I'm shaking. LTW's coming. And I'm they shaking. throw it a like. I love that page. So also, I'm. who are you most excited to see in a set photo? <sighs> LTW. Dr. I mean, LTW, uh, for sure. I mean, the looks she was turning. Remember when she showed up to that painting. strange house painting they were doing? And that safari outfit. With just <laughs> she had a like, pocket for everything. With pockets everywhere and just like hammers and shit tied to her. That look was iconic. I'm really curious to see Aiden. Ugh. I hope they take him back to his season three clothing. And I want I want to see a set photo of Steve and Aiden like having a beer together. I want to see necklaces on him again and rings, rings. bandos, and yeah, he was. I forgot that he was in the movie Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff, and he looks crazy. I forgot. I'm just saying, he like always plays the same character in everything. I mean, and I know you're uh, um, my big fat Greek wedding stan. Are you looking forward to the third one? Was no, I hated one? the second one. So there the second was a one was second terrible. movie and a TV show. This franchise. A TV show? I watched every episode. What are you talking about? The one season TCBS sitcom based off of my big fat Greek wedding called like Shut my up. big fat Greek life. Now I do think they recast Aiden. I don't think he was in it. That's really dumb. Yeah, he was played by a man named Stephen Eckholt. Like then don't do it. I'm sorry. Honestly, although let's see if I like the look of him more than I like Aiden. This is bit thrilling for a um. Well, he's gorgeous. I know, but like I, I don't. Uh, anyway. Oh wait, no, he isn't. <laughs> so apologies. <laughs> but before we get into it, I do just want to give a little bit of an update. Yeah. I've seen two pieces of work that have changed my life. Go on. One is "Don't Worry, Darling." One of the stupidest movies I've ever seen, and yet I'm entirely <laughs> obsessed. I'm going to go join the Victory Project, going to get into that simulation. The movie makes absolutely not one bit of sense. Mm-hmm. It is idiotic, poorly directed. The writing is a shock. 
the acting isn't bad, but you're just like, why are you in this movie? Like Nick Kroll, it makes genuinely no sense. No sense. I don't understand why he was in that movie at all. <laughs> Olivia Wilde's giving a strange performance as a neighbor, never not looking like Ramona Singer, in my opinion, with those crazy eyes. Oh, bugged out. Yeah. Miss Flo is doing nothing but everything. Mm. Harry Styles' accent is a shock. It's changed me at a cellular level. I'm so obsessed. It's all I want to talk about is Harry Styles tap dancing. Chris Pine wears a crop top that if I don't get in my life at some point, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) I love this movie. Don't worry, darling. And I hate it. No, that's what I've been hearing. People are like, I love it, but it's also the worst movie ever made. It's so dumb. (laughs) Is it a movie that feels like a movie? No. Okay. It feels like... And for, um, and for those that don't know, that is what Harry Styles said. It feels like half of a fever dream and half of like a script that someone just like got up and left in the middle. They were like, mm, yeah, mm. sorry, I, I gotta go. Wow. See, I'm kind of ready for movies to... Feel like movies? To just kind of, like, I don't need them to change my life. I don't need the movie to be profound or like, I, I would really love like... But here's the thing. This isn't profound and it changed my life. Mm, Like, I can now mark my life. Do you think it would do better if it went to streaming? Don't worry, darling. Do you think it would do better if it went to streaming? Or do you like that it was in the theater? I think it would have done better had it never been made. Oh. But then you wouldn't have been changed. I know. And speaking of changed, I also saw Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. Talk about it. We got to talk about it. Guys, she's giving the performance of a fucking lifetime. I have people were shaking. Shaking. The couple in front of me, two gals, two young gals, were clutching each other at a curtain call. Like, they couldn't stand. They were literally grabbing each other, sobbing. Michael Kors was not that far in front of me. He was audibly crying. I saw him in line for the bar. He loves peanut (laughs) M&M's. Got two packs. Wow, Michael. Michael. I was getting a goblet full of wine. You were so I, stressed that she wasn't going to be there. Because remember, she got COVID and like you were she texting COVID, me. I had to reschedule this. Oh, I was I was following her Instagram and the funny girl Instagram down to the minute. Right. But once we hit seven, once we hit 6 p.m. with an hour to go to curtain, I was like, she's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and from, you saw Beanie. So like you are really getting like a full. I've only not this. seen the um, Julie Binko, who I hear is wonderful. Mm hmm it's life-changing when Leah Michelle's up to on that stage. And I have to say that for someone who is deeply, deeply in love with Barbara Streisand Mm -hmm. and the Funny Girl movie is so important to me. So when I got there with Beanie, I was super excited. And you can attest to this as someone who got my text messages. I was like with her while I was watching it. I was like, she's a star. She's great. Can she sing? No, but I love her. That's what you were saying. 20 seconds after I left the theater, I was like, what? the fuck was that like that wasn't right that was good it was disrespectful (laughs) no you were texting me like at like intermission or something and you were like this is great i've you know i've wept but um the vocals just aren't there but you're like i don't hate it but you were like i don't hate it and then you left and then i got another text i was like actually i don't think that that was very good actually someone needs to be taken to the red table ask a band for everybody i would love to get Beanie at the red table. Honestly, I'd like to get her and Lee at the red table and just work it all out. Oh. Because the thing is, is like, 
Leah Michelle, she was like built for that musical. It, it, like it, it born is, to play. Born. And I'm not guys, even like just saying like gleek. it's true. No, we're not gleeks. Her voice is oh, perfect. Transcends. She's funny. She's charming. She's heartbreaking. She tap dances beautifully the whole show. And if you would ask me about this production of Funny Girl, I would have said it's hideous, ugly, poorly made. She is elevated everything, including the ugly set. And she changed some things too. Like she went in there and she was like, "I'm going to make this my own." Right? That's what she's people have been moving saying. Moving around, she's bringing ambition to every movement. The whole yeah. cast has been elevated mostly because I think they know they're in a hit. She's their wonderful, out. and I just have to tell you, if you can get a chance to see her in the show, you must. She's giving the best performance on Broadway. Wow. It's and she can't wonderful. win a Tony, correct? No. But people are like, should the you Tonys figure it change out. That's actually on the Tonys. Like, I'm yeah, actually mad are... at them. This is on them, and they need to do something about it. And if they don't, fuck them, honestly. And no, I because be that's what people are saying. Now. They're like, the Tonys need to change the rules for Leah Michelle because this this. And I don't is care like... if it has to have an asterisk next to it. Just give it to her. She deserves give it. To it. Her. She Honestly, she should EGOT for this role. I mean, Chris, when you sent me that clip of her singing People from, um, like, Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel or one something. Of them, one of them. Yeah, one of the gyms. Um, I was, Crying. I cried because <laughs> you know how much I love Funny Girl and what that movie. I mean, it means so much to me. As you got to well. see when you're in New York. Just get. A ticket. I know. I literally need to get tickets. Like, I need to find time in my fucking schedule to go and see. You just need to see it. And yeah. um, uh, as a last bit to that, yeah. at intermission, I just went up to an usher and I said, "Look, this is a random Tuesday. Is it always like this?" Like busy? Busy, but like just the energy is palpable. Oh. And his eyes lit up and he said, yes, it has been wonderful since she started. That just gave me a chill. Guys, I'm a Leah Michelle Stan. We don't need to get into her problematic nature. I did, you know, I am going back and listening to some old Glee songs, but as you I have. Am, I'm doing it on title so it doesn't fuck up my rap. Right. Because your raft is always all over the place. Yeah, I can't just have, like, her version of Fireworks sitting at number one on my Spotify no. raft. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a road too far to go. Yeah, because your raft is already fucked, isn't it? It's is, already, like, just, like, empty chairs at empty tables and then walk. <laughs> okay, are you okay, ready to get into Okay, let's get into um, Sex in the City. And may, let's, um, producer Cam, let's make sure we put in the um, text, like... If you don't want to hear, yeah, this episode's going to need a timestamp because that was absolutely. All right, let's chat with a little. Okay, let's chat. Yeah, let's chat. Let's Let's chat. Shall we? Yeah, let's chat. Let's start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie attempts to pass on her dating knowledge. Samantha meets her match. Miranda dates Carrie's old flame, and Charlotte wants to get fucked. Mm -hmm. Now I can't remember if this we were already on the podcast when you said this but this is the episode that i said i have no memory of this right this was the episode that i have brought this up to you multiple times and you're like just the miranda carry storyline yeah what are you talking about yeah because honestly i didn't remember any of the other storylines i just remembered the miranda carry dead guy storyline oh see no i had the charlotte samantha storyline like imprinted on my brain i forgot that that was this episode but this episode's all over the place it's all over the place. It's poorly named. Like, other than the dead guy and Jim, who's frenemies? And who are frenemies? I guess Samantha and Mar- Charlotte. But are they? <laughs> right? Like When I think of a frenemy, I think of, like, Luann and Ramona. I'm <laughs> like, I think Karen of Karen Huber and Giselle. Giselle. 
I don't think of Charlotte and give, Samantha. Could we give an example not housewives related of frenemies? I'm thinking of Miss Flo- No, I think they're just enemies. I think Paris and, and Rory in the beginning of Chilton. They were frenemies. Oh my God. Not to take it back to Gilmore Girls, but I did just watch the season three finale at the graduation episode and I'd forgotten how beautiful the mm. goodbye moment between Paris and Rory is when they say, I most I think I mostly hated you. Mm-hmm. I burst into tears. I'm so glad when they open that door and you see Paris and her life coach at Yale with her feathers God. And, her, and her beads <laughs> and that ton of flick that that strange little gal, <laughs> strange that hobbit of a woman. <laughs> She's so weird. <laughs> okay, let's talk about sex. But I guess at its core, right, this episode is about people. Can people change and learn lessons? But what that has to do with frenemies. Let's hear the monologue and then get into it. Yeah. If you stay single in New York long enough, you're supposed to get wiser about dating. What men to pick, where to meet them. But what really made any of us experts? Wasn't our single status a neon sign that we couldn't get it right? What if all these years in New York have only made us older, more confused, or dead? Are we getting wiser or just older? Again, with that wild music. Yeah. The music, I don't think people fully understand. Like, we watch these episodes a lot. And I don't think of the music at I all when I'm, like, watching it. Chris, I, I don't even hear. It's musicless to me. And then, and then, then I we get on this podcast. mic. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to ask. Do you think you're getting wiser as you get older or just dead? <sighs> Well, seeing at the very beginning of this podcast, you and I both talked about how basically we're dying. Well, my body's a broke down broken. palace. It's, it's a broken Claire bird. Dane's terrifying movie. Mm. But I don't know if I'm getting wiser. I feel I am, but only through therapy. It's okay. not just like I'm getting older and therefore I'm wiser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basic therapy, a few bouts of an SSRI. Oh, of course. Got my 50 milligrams. Although I'm, I, I had to get off. I had to get off those. My body couldn't handle them. What do you mean? Well, you know, like when you're trying to find like the right cocktail of what you're supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. The weaning off process for me was Ooh. so wild that I was like, <laughs> actually, we just need to figure out like how I can like deal with my emotions like myself yeah. because mm-hmm. I, I, I won't survive. It's bad. The weaning off process. It's and nor really will the bad. world. Because once I was coming off of something, I wanted to burn down everything. Oh, oh, Chris. Last summer was one of, it was the worst summer of my life because I had decided to stop taking them. No, I stopped taking them cold turkey. Yeah, you can't do and that. And I went fucking crazy. I was the most irritable bitch. I was also like the horniest person on the planet. Oh. <laughs> like I was just like, I was unwell. We do. I think overall, I want to talk about this episode a bit differently and pair the women okay. together because one of, I think, this episode's strengths is, is that the two, the four women are split and their epi- their storylines are so deeply intertwined, I found. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a strength of this episode. And I actually wish more episodes had this structure. Kind of reminded me on like Friends when like, they're always like every episode of friends pairs them off to get two people off together basically. And it's always fun when it's unexpected, like, Oh, 
Ross and Phoebe together this week. And it's like, those two don't belong together. Right. In this case, of course, it is like they, you know, Carrie and Miranda go together. And by default, Charlotte and Samantha do because they're so different. Um, But I really do appreciate the kind of structure of this episode in that way. For sure. And to give you a glimpse into how odd this episode is, we're talking about Carrie and Miranda first, because I found theirs to be the lesser of these storylines. For sure. Oh, definitely. So Carrie's um, down bad, and she's teaching at the Learning Annex. And I just have to ask before we hear the women's response to her, Mm. would you take this class? No. From Ms. Bradshaw? No. I'm not going to the Learning Annex. Period. Is still around in a post-COVID yes. world? Yes. Remember the we, the women on Real Hustles New York would, like, Ramona had a learning annex, Bethany that was had a like learning annex. 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's still around. That's a great question. I think Masterclass has taken, like, the... um. Oh, right. I think the internet. People be like, I you know, I could just simply YouTube that. I don't think stuff like that is helpful. No. Like... To go and watch a sex columnist talk about relationships. Like, do you guys read her column? She's not good I mean, at she's this. She's giving Big Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker energy, like giving advice, but her life is in disarray. Yeah, shambles. Um, but let's like, hear the You women. just read it on your boyfriend. I don't want your advice. Thank you. That's true. And that's in the article. It's like, bitch, you just had an affair with a married man, then went to LA and like acted up. Yeah, no, I'm not. Anything? Yeah, no, thank you. But let's hear the reaction from the women and then basically yes. close out the stupid Carrie teaching storyline. Could you be more specific? Um, you mean like, like places to meet men? Sure. Um, well, let's see. Uh, Samba. Um, real, any sporting uh, sports bars. Mickey Mantles. Oh, I've gone there. All the men were married. Oh, real, really? Hmm. Okay, well... Uh, Let's see. Um, well, I once met this fellow on the Hampton Jitney. Of course, it turned out that he couldn't drive and he was on some sort of parole program, so I guess that's a bad example. Suddenly, I felt like the bad example. Uh, yes, you. Are you married? Um, no. Yes, you right there. Have you ever been married? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of, no. Yes, you all the way in the back there, yes. How old are you? <laughs> Look, I'm really not an expert on men, okay? I just write about this stuff. Then why are we paying to hear you talk about it? <laughs> hey, come on. She's older than us. We can learn something. They dragged her dragged. Up and down the street. They Even dragged when the woman's trying to affirm her, she's like, she's an old bitch. Like, we should listen. That... I mean, I would crumble to the floor if people were talking to me like that. But also, like, to sit, to tell a group of women who paid a lot of money a sports seems, bar. to stand there and be like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, then why the fuck are we here? <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten up and asked for my money back, which been apparently like, absolutely... seems a lot of the women did. Yeah, that's what they're saying. So then ultimately, so for the whole episode, she's trying to avoid it. She ultimately goes back and decides to just take the girls out and coach them. What did you think of Carrie as a life coach, a dating coach? I I just, 
Would you now? Would you go to this where someone like takes where you to a pal. bar and is just like, "Hey, go talk to that guy. He just checked you out." I would pro. I would maybe more inclined to do this over the learning annex, but yes, a colonoscopy would be preferred over either. Yeah, like I'm still not looking to Carrie to help me, and I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I just I don't think Carrie's like the one I'd go to for advice. Now, I did have the biggest laugh of the episode when she introduces this one woman to the guy and she says, I work in TV. And he replies, oh, I love TV. It's like, who wrote this? This is embarrassing. Yeah, it's like, I think that's also just to show you like how simple it really can be to like go out and meet guys. Um, but I love in that the... you're intellectualizing it. I just assumed they didn't write anything for the actors to say. Like, and then the that could like, also be it. I love yeah. TV. Yeah, I never thought I would hear you say you're intellectualizing it to me. That's well, it was first. you intellectualizing something quite stupid, and I know you to do that. Of course. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. It was a weird ending to the episode. It's Very... a strange Carrie storyline because she has nothing going on. It's like, did Sarah Jessica Parker give the note? Like, I don't really want to work this much. Yeah, I don't know what's going on because, like you said, the women aren't doing too much in this episode. It, feel like, it feels like we're treading water towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Which, the next episode, I do really like. Can't wait. Now... Miranda, we open the episode with Miranda, and I have my first note here, which is that her hair looks like Darth Vader's helmet. What is going on with Miranda's hair? I didn't notice her hair. I was too busy looking at her face because her makeup looked really pretty. It's party in the back, <laughs> business up business front. Business up front, getting mullet. It, yeah, she's definitely giving that guy from Summer House when he likes to put on his wigs. Kyle? Yeah. Mm. It's so upsetting. What I know, and I'm hair. like, maybe it was best she was stood up, you know? She did not put her best foot forward, although you liked her makeup. I did. I thought, she, I mean, her face looked really pretty to me. I mean, but, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's a pretty woman, but. But she's waiting, and it turns out simply, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Stood up at 27. Miranda had done nothing. At 34, she decided she wasn't going to take the stand up lying down. Will may have given her the cold shoulder, but he had also given her his home number. Hello? Hi, is Will there? Who's speaking, please? Miranda Hobbs. Miranda, this is Will's mother. Will! Will's mother! I don't know how you raised your son, but he just stood me up for a date. Will died today. Big Rambo energy. I would fucking lose it. Like, why would... I would never say that to someone's parent. I don't know how you raised your son. (laughs) She went full Rambo. Full Rambo on this woman who's grieving. I mean, she doesn't know... Whose son died that day. But imagine, even if you didn't know he was dead, which she doesn't, I would never say that that? to someone's mother. It's like... Yeah. I felt really bad for her. I mean, does she want to have to deal with everything Brady's done? That fuckhead... Remember him? <laughs> I hope we don't get Brady. What? What did? Oh, it? ride it, cowboy! Remember? Oh right after, right Baby's after dead. Big died, I was like barely <laughs> hanging on, and like all of a sudden, jump it was cut like, from that aquarium <laughs> to Brady. Disgusting! Rid. Disgusting! Um, Rambo, Ooh, Rambo, Rambo really leaned in. Oh, she needs to lean the fuck out. <laughs> She's leaning, and then to terrorize the funeral—it's just not right. Why? Why in God's green earth would, would you, you go? Feel, 
And if I was his mother, I'd be like, please don't come. No, you just called and accosted me. He just screamed at Harry's me. Harry's like, I've never seen a dead body before. It's like, leave. Yeah, and then to bring a friend? A plus one? Yeah, it's odd. It's odd choices are being one, made to a dead man's funeral that you've met one time in a Starbucks. I can't go alone. I certainly wouldn't have gone to the reception after. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're going to, like, the wake. Now, I love I called it a reception. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a conga line going. Um, I will be doing it this weekend. You did it last weekend. Shout out to PR. I'll be there. Conga lining it up. I'm going to conga all through that island. Oh, God. <laughs> Kill me. Now, at the funeral, we meet Jim. What did you think of Jim? Jim is disgusting. Jim is a big-headed idiot. I don't a like big the... big-headed... The minute I saw Dummy. him, I thought, oh, it's that guy. I do remember this storyline. He has such manic, strange, aggressive, white male energy that I just, like, don't respond well to. And they are, like, the way he's written, I feel that the show wants it to be like, oh, he's so funny and dark. I'm like, these jokes aren't these jokes aren't joking. It's, he's not funny. Mm-mm. He's not charming. He's not cute enough. Mm-mm. And Miranda's and- throwing her pussy at him. Oh, Miranda Rambo is ready. She DTF. I'm glad it seems they don't go there. Yeah, that's for the best. Um, Now, what did you... Now, Carrie instantly says he's an asshole. And Mm -hmm. in this episode's weird obsession with the word asshole as if it's the funniest thing in the fucking world. Then also, it's like, Carrie coined the word frenemies. It's like, this is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Although, did the word frenemies come from this episode? I don't know. I don't don't think think so. so. I don't think so. I'm not giving the show that. No, 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 no. Would you... I would never date one of my friend's exes. Even... Ever. I don't... Here's the thing, like, I'm thinking about the people that my friends have dated. Well, there's that part. And I'm just like, no. They're all idiots. Well, I don't want to say anything rude, but I love all my friend's partners. (laughs) I love them all. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the people Stand my friends are no longer with. The people my friends are no longer with. Now, well, if my, my friend one friend said... did date a guy who, honestly, I think each of us would like to take a run on him. Shout out to Carl, if he's listening. One of the hottest men. She brought him to a party at my house, and this is back in the day when, like, I don't know why. Like, it was a full house, but the parties all took place in my bedroom, and he was sitting on my bed. And I've never been like, God damn it, that a man who looks like that is on my bed, and I can't even get at him? Wow. The whole That's... night, we just kept like we were like we've never seen a man before. Yeah, you. We, we were like the two women at Funny Girl, shaking and like clutching each other about <laughs> Carl. Um, and so Carl's listening, and I'd love for him to circle back to me. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I think if your friend goes on like one date with someone, it's like I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, don't I just think it's that I would. I just thought it was. It really, still would I mean, feel like, weird. Of course, in the context of the show, right? Miranda's had her low point because her her date had died, and that's why she's kind of desperate, and that's why she goes for Jim. But it's just kind of like I would trust. I was surprised that within the closeness of Carrie and Miranda's friendship, Miranda wouldn't heed Carrie's word more. Mm-hmm. But she's down bad. She's down really bad. She's really desperate. She's, you know, telling him where he could reach her. Like, she's really getting after it. No, it does seem, beep, 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 we've learned from producer Cam, Frenemy is thought to have been coined in 1953 by American Gossam columnist Walter Winchell. And 
I'd love to read Walter's work. Who would he? He was probably writing about the celebs I really get into. You know? oh, we gotta, we gotta figure out more about Walter. Yeah, I'd love to get a Ryan Murphy FX. Oh, FX. he works at Netflix now. Is he? I think he does both. No. Oh, I guess American Horror Story still airs on it. <gasps> now, Miranda and Jim could have one good date. And Miranda, in her Rambo energy, asks Carrie to come on their second date. That is so fucking weird. She's it is crazy. so weird. He's nuts. No, if my friend was like, I've been on a date with this one guy, will you please come to our second date? I would be like, no. And then I to make guess... it worse that you dated him already, I'd be like, absolutely not. I guess they do go on more than another date between the first one seeing Carrie because they reference like, oh, we went to this poetry thing last night. But it's mm-hmm. still fucking weird. It's very weird. And then out of nowhere, he kind of just becomes an asshole again. Like, I don't think he built, like, they built up why he's so angry mm-hmm. at Carrie, other than I guess he's an asshole. But then they're just like, you're an asshole. Uh, they, I think the writers thought the word asshole was a lot funnier than I it just was. think the writers were a little lazy this episode. I think everybody uh, was feeling a little lazy. Well, not in the next storyline. So let's get into um, Sammy Jones and Char Char. I enjoy this storyline actually so, i think it's interesting yeah charlotte's having trouble with trey oh no they're using a lot of boat metaphors <laughs> a lot of schooners a lot of sails yeah the sails are up i wrote lol's tr- oh he's coming into the harbor oh, and her then, um, vagina is the harbor yeah but then doesn't work doesn't work that's devastating because if he can like jerk off and like do that, I would be like really hurt. I'm sorry at this he's point. So hot. And she's so hot. And like them together could have really hot sex. And, and they will get there. Happening. Never forget he's gonna fuck her up against the wall in that mallard. That is true. God, I can't wait for season four. We, we say that every year or every season. Every like, year? I can't wait to get to season four. Can't wait to get and we're in season four. We'll say can't wait to get to season five. Well I do love season five, the abbreviated eight episodes because she's preg. Oh yeah, and they give her that really crazy short bob. I like it. I hate it. <laughs> it's I nuts. hate it. I hate her hair there. I love season five. It's a perfect eight episodes. You can turn it on and take it down like a sleeve of thin mints. I'll watch it in one go. In fact, maybe that's a season we just do like one episode on and just chat about them for five hours because they're all so connected. It's a beautiful season of television. Okay. So you can't wait for season five. Can't wait. Can't wait for season five. But then at brunch, things finally come to a head with Samantha and Charlotte. So let's hear that and then get into the denouement of the episode. Okay. I'm telling you, we almost broke the bed. You can't break a bed. What does this stallion do for a living? I'm not sure. Oh. Hey, does he go to Mickey Mantle's? You got me. How can you not know anything about him? You slept with him. I fucked him. He made me come six times. It's good enough for me. Stop it. Why do you always have to talk about sex like that? Because I can. Okay, girl, simmer down. Mommy hasn't had her caffeine yet. I I can't take this anymore. Oh, hey, frittatas. Sex is something special that's supposed to happen between two people who love each other. Or two people who love sex. Oh, my God, you're such a... A what? What am I, Charlotte? When are you going to learn that you can't just sleep with everything that comes along? Hey, Mrs. Softy, at least I'm getting laid. And you can forget Samba. 
That girl needs the stick out of her ass and a dick in her coochie pronto. Am I right? Not getting involved. I'm with her. You know what? I don't need this. Maybe you guys should forget Samba too. Beautiful performance by both of them. Beautiful. Now, I have to say two things that I caught there. Uh, Miranda coining Hillary Clinton's 2016 <laughs> slogan, I'm with her. Mm -hmm. And I have had two people in my life tell me that they heard Samantha say, that girl needs the stick out of her ass and a dick in her coochie pronto and thought of me. It's very you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she does. Is Sammy you know? Jones a Sag? <sighs> no, I she's feel a Scorpio. Her. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Guys, write um, in and let us know astrologically who you think all the girlies are. Carrie's definitely a Leo. Mm -hmm. No, she doesn't like her birthday enough. That's that to true. me is the defining factor that of a is, Leo. That's very true. Okay, you're right. We gotta think about this. I don't I think, think we Miranda's... have any Leo. I don't think we have any Leos in this group. Miranda's definitely a Capricorn. Or a Taurus. Or a Taurus. Oh, I feel Taurus energy too. Charlotte's giving me water sign. A hmm. Aquarius? No. No offense to any Aquariuses here. Well that well, I love I love Aquariuses. Aquarius I? <laughs> Some of my favorite people. <laughs> Who? I can really only think of one, and I think he'd prefer me not to talk about him on this podcast. Okay. But I'll tell you um, later. Okay. Shout out to you, buddy. But you love a Scorpio. I mean, you love me. Uh, oh, some days. You're working my last nerve today. <laughs> me? <laughs> me? Kitten? Kitten? Um, I just think. No, I love a Scorpio. I have a Scorpio in my chart. I have Sag in my chart, double Sag. Yes, Sag, Scorpio, Sag Taurus. Energy. This is really riveting conversation. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, anywho. So then Samantha, so we kind of peel out from this fight to the other two storylines. And mm -hmm. Samantha meets Claire Ann. What did you think of Claire Ann? Claire Ann is a legend. Claire Ann is disgusting. So... And to me... She's a... What is she? She's a wannabe... Amelita Amalfi character, but like Southern. To me, I think she is what people like. If you asked a casual viewer or someone who'd never seen Sex and the City and just heard about it, yeah. I think Claire Ann is who they'd like. Oh, there's that slutty That's one, Samantha. That's, That's how people think of Samantha. But Cla but Samantha would never act up the way Claire Ann is. Claire Ann blew a man under a table. No. And I have to say, Samantha walked away. His sicko friend didn't. His sicko friend's like, get down here and get to work Take on a, me. Yeah. Now, I have two turn. notes about that. Please. Was, why was the table bobbing up and down? Well, we know why it was bobbing up and down. Well, she was getting, like, she was slobbing on that knob. <gasps> okay. <laughs> now, let's be very... Oh, wait. I have... LOLs, this man is really getting it from Claire Ann. Like, the guy who's getting the blowjob, he's acting his ass off and in his enjoyment. Absolutely. Go back and look at him. Then my other note is, Claire Ann is too much for me, but I bet Sam's dad would like her. <gasps> too much? <laughs> Bit of a knickerbocker girl. 
She's definitely a Knickerbocker girl for sure. Um, I see that. She's spicy. She's a blood. I could not take Claire Ann. I was so I... happy when Samantha got the fuck out of there. Yeah, Samantha was really weirded out. But she, <laughs> Samantha thought like she wanted to have a friend that she can talk about sex with and be crazy. But she's like, this bitch is fucking nuts. She's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. But I would run for the hills. Oh, I would never be friends with her. But I would love to, like, hear stories about her from someone that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in terms of where Charlotte ends up going, Mm -hmm. and I think this is a pretty iconic scene, right? She's spending time with her sorority sisters, and they end up looking at Charlotte a little bit differently. Do we have that clip? I remember being a newlywed. We hardly ever got out of bed. Sydney, what? It's just us girls. <laughs> My husband can't get it up. Perhaps it would have been wiser for Charlotte to have had a Kappa Kappa Cappuccino instead of that third martini. I'm so frustrated. Charlotte? I mean, don't you ever just want to be really pounded hard, you know? Like when the bed is moving all around and it's all sweaty and your head is knocking up against the headboard and you feel like it might just blow off. Damn it, I just really want to be fucked, you know, just really fucked. The only heads blowing off were those of Kappa Kappa Grandma. Charlotte, this is really inappropriate. Yeah, we're eating. What's wrong with you, Charlotte? You're such a... What? What am I, Sydney? Charlotte realized how much they'd all changed since college. Her friends had become frenemies, and to them, she had become Samantha. What's happening there at the end? Ooh, that music. We... samba. Yeah. No, I really appreciate the kind of hearkening or allusion to Charlotte wanting exactly what Samantha's having, because mm-hmm. we keep cutting to Samantha getting fucked every which way in that bed it's like moving around and it's rolling around it's like, the room bed on wheels what's going it on, is on wheels but i'm like her floors are fucked i mean she owns it but damn she's gonna have to do some work when she sells that place to move to la absolutely so but i did wish in some way that samantha had that same um direct allusion to tr- like almost if maybe she had taken a guy home and he couldn't get it up so she had something that related directly to to what's going on with charlotte in the way that that charlotte wants what samantha is getting there's a kind of missing beat there for me but overall i mean i love that moment um i do too and and i I think think charlotte's never looked more beautiful oh she looks absolutely stunning and those women's voices they're like charlotte this is so inappropriate. They're so breathy. I'm like, you, yeah. you guys own sex operators? She's like, we couldn't get out of bed. Oh, I love Trey. Oh, Trey's, he's so handsome. I wish I could trade my husband in for him. It's fucking weird. Um, I, the thing is, it's very triggering because I know women like this. And I know how I've felt being around women like this. And it's like really upsetting. Yeah. What did you think of the scene where Charlotte explores herself in front of Trey? I had kind of forgotten about this beat. I remember this story, but I thought it was so moving. I'm not a Madonna and I'm not a whore. I am your wife. Then she starts to diddle herself. And he was like really into it. And Charlotte, like the amount of confidence and like. There's not enough alcohol in the world (laughs) that would ever be able to give me the confidence to stand stand there in front of someone and masturbate. No. 
no First of all, whoever wants to, who would want to watch a man masturbate that's like ugh. well i'm just like that takes so much confidence and i really applaud her for just fucking doing it and well, i was like because i would you. like to see ramin from funny girl masturbate if he's open to that if he is i don't i'm just saying okay he's probably not i know i gotta work on that okay side hustle um but and also charlotte's have... i'm never over charlotte's body i think her body is like absolutely Bang. Her hair is so beautiful. I just thought she, she looks she's stunning. acting. Act. It's passionate. She's I mean, she wearing. really suffers and advocates for herself through her relationship with Trey. I mean, she earns that happy ending with Harry. Absolutely. We. Charlotte. There's been a reason it. why people protect the relationship between Harry and Charlotte. And it's because we've seen this woman get dragged for filth. Mm-hmm. Then she can't have a baby. He gives her that cardboard Fucking baby. baby. I would. Burn it to the ground. Well, you know that Michael Patrick King did that to his partner. What? So the story, I mean, like everything from Sex in the City is based off of something that happened. And Michael shared that story in the writer's room that, yeah, we had decided to have a baby, but then I changed my mind. And so he gave, I think, maybe not his current husband or partner, but maybe a former one, a cardboard baby. And all the women in the room were like, no. That's wrong. fucked up. Like, wrong choice, buddy. Wrong move. Wrong, wrong road. road. Wrong road. To quote wrong Portia. road. Wow. That's really disgusting. But I, I don't know. I also just kind of, I kind of, I just love that scene so much when he brings it in. And oh, because these two he's together. He's such a magoo. He's like, Carrie, it's like funny. Not haha funny, but ironic. <laughs> he's just, no, they like, together no, are such so a good couple in the sense where they have good chemistry together you know and look this is nothing against harry you know i'm attracted to harry i i love them all of course god i can't wait to get to petrotsky now the one moment i did cry in this episode (laughs) when charlotte calls samantha and they have their brief conversation it, I just think, oh, that's real. And Samantha's so accepting as she always is. And just kind of like, don't care. See you at Zamba. Did he make you come? I love that. That is so reminiscent of her conversation she had with Carrie she's, when Carrie this, told her about the affair. Like, she's, she's so, so good about it. So open hearted. It's why, in some ways, it makes and just like that sting so much because you mm. just can't. You miss that. But you also just can't imagine her being that angry. About being fired. I know. Mm, it's devastating. Do you think they would have killed her off? Or are you happy with what they did with Samantha? No, I'm really happy with what they did. And I think actually the way they handled it was, was the great possible way to do it. I mean, some of my favorite moments from and just like, I mean, that te- text where you hear this jaunty LA Samantha music. Mm-hmm. And she's saying my, like my proudest moment is pulling her diaphragm out. Yeah. It's it, uh, and the idea that they meet up in London. I like that the, it's very open ended. Like they're like, Kim, if you want to come back. And she doesn't. And she won't. And she will never. And they don't want her back. You know, I mean, the body language at the Hocus Pocus 2 red carpet between Kathy and Jimmy and Carrie or Sarah Jessica Parker is. I think people are reading a little bit too no, much into that. No, I don't think so. No, I think if anything, it's like Bette Midler is like, I've seen multiple interviews where she's like, oh, yeah, it's so happy to be back with Sarah Jessica Parker and um, this one. <laughs> yeah, Kathy's, I think, on the outs with that with that cast. And look, I'll always be wherever Bette Midler is. 
And of course, I mean, my one of my favorite Sarah Jessica Parker line readings is from the First Wives Club. Yeah, Brenda, they even have it in your size. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> She's such a bitch in that movie. Such a fucking bitch. It's so good. She's so good in that. What did I just watch with her? With Sarah Jessica? I just watched something with her. Hocus Pocus? No, because I haven't got my eyes on Hocus Pocus 2 yet. It was probably the Family Stone, honestly. Oh, my God. I can't. Never not. I can't. What did you think of the fashion in this one? I didn't really have any, like, astounding moments. I did like Carrie's kind of one-piece jumper she wore to, to, the, to the Learning Annex. I know. I liked that, too. Um, I hated the bag with it. It was, like, this glittery net-looking bag. Um Nothing, yeah, again, it's not, the fashions are not standing out to me. No, not in this episode. It was quite Mm -hmm. pedestrian. Very, very pedestrian. And in terms of the men, we had Jim, Trey, and then we had, as they're described on IMDb, blonde guy and dark guy, the two guys from the table. I'm going Trey. Trey? Now, there's a man here I didn't list who's my choice. Oh, boy. And that is Sebastian Wise. Oh, the man she was fucking to his the little man butt. Fucking care, fucking Samantha left and right. He had a nice ass. Yeah, it was juicy. And I was trying to just get at Sebastian Wise. Who is this actor? I couldn't find him. <sighs> and so if you know Sebastian Wise and he's still looking good. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna revise that. My man for this week is Ramin. Terribly. He's not on this. That's show. who I'm picking. Okay. All right. My, I'm picking my fantasy of Ramin joining us for and just like that season two, mm-hmm. and being Carrie's new love interest. Oh, you want him to be with Carrie? I, I, I'll, I'll take him any which way we could get him. I guess he could be with Seema. I don't care. Imagine him with Doctor Nia Wallace. Like, I'm just well, saying. she's a happily married woman. You Is want she the, happily married? You want him to get? Do you want her? Do you want her to get divorced in the next season? Yes. That's interesting. You're, I do. You don't like Andre? I do, but they're not good together. They want different things. I think they things. are. I think they just have to come to the idea that they don't want... He needs to cool it on the kids. I love but Andrea. What if he wants and kids? And his ass? But what if he wants kids? No, I he think deserves to have when you have wants. a woman like Dr. Nia Wallace... As you don't just give that up. Women, I understand. You drop kids like, fuck it. <laughs> and I don't really have any hot takes on this one other than it's no. not good. <laughs> It's not the best. It's I don't think it's a bad episode. I just don't think it's like amazing. Good. I just don't think it's amazing. No. What would you give it out of ten? I would give it a five. I'm giving it a five, six. It was the, the Charlotte Samantha stuff really seems yeah. good for me, but I have to dock it a full four for all. That. I really think Charlotte's carrying this episode. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, I mean, just the scene of her and Trey alone. Yeah, like for multiple with, scenes with Trey yeah. and Schooner. Schooner and Rebecca are really crushing it. <laughs> they are. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week as we discuss the penultimate episode of season three, What Comes Around Goes Around. I love Carrie's getting robbed. It's that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that episode. Hot cop. And we get Natasha. Oh, fuck. Is that that one, too? I think so. Oh, yeah, because she's worried about her karma. Ooh, mm, that's going to be a good one. It's so good. Oh, and actually, a little bit of a production note, because we wanted to do after this, after we finished season three, we wanted to do you guys to send us questions. Mm, okay. So be on the lookout for an email address. Yeah, we'll get one. That you could send them. It'll be in the like little description. 
I would say what it is, but I don't know what's available. Okay. And then I'm going to post it and then we'll do little, Sam is going to collect questions on Instagram. Yeah, I'll collect them. So look out for that. It's coming. It's coming. Shortcomings. Yeah. All right. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us online. I'm at Lewis 1219 Come and join Karen Pittman. Mm. If you want to have joy and fun, you know. Yeah, Chris is all about that. And where are you? Oh, I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. I'm at Take Yourself on Twitter. And if you're in New York next week, um, Sam will be, well, well not no, next week. I'll have just She back. will be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> and she'll tell us about how New York ran a ragged. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.